when you come from a place like where I came from, which was a very uh, sort of nonprofit heavy, um, nine to five institutional mindset, employee mindset, and then you know migrate on over to the entrepreneur space. When somebody says, well, the best way to grow your business is to build relationships one-on-one, take the time to, to you know, sow the right seeds and build it from the ground up. That seems like almost counterintuitive. It's like, no, I want to reach as many people as possible. I want to help as many people as possible. I want to, you know, grow and scale. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode. We've got a great one in store for you. In case you happen to miss the last episode, here's a quick snippet, and then we will get on to the show. What happened is I was reading Seth Godin's book, The Icarus Deception, and I was reading Ask Gary V book at the same time. And during that time, I was still a student, so I was reading a lot of fiction novels for classes. Um, we had a lot of like journalism classes as well. So I was just reading a whole lot of different books at the same time. And it came to me, the idea came to me, I said, How, what can I do to get on my shelf? I'm buying all these books and they're, they're getting on my shelf pretty quickly. What can I do to get there? Um, today, my mission is to help people to create a life of peace, purpose, prosperity, and passion through speaking and coaching. So primarily, um, I serve men, but all people, but particularly men, to help them avoid common pitfalls to success and to embrace their, their calling and really fulfill their life purpose. So that's what, that's what I do. Okay. That's, that's great. So really focusing on a coaching and speaking and now can you tell us a little bit more though about some of the, 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 the challenges that you had to kind of get you to the point where you were refocusing and sort of, can you tell us a little more about that? Yeah. So I, I would say the biggest thing, and this is probably the biggest uh, challenge for anybody really, is um, having to get get over myself. So um, my my uh, character and my um, and it's funny because we're both fans of Dr. Eric Thomas, and um, he released uh, recently released a, a video. He's one of the, you know he's probably the the number one motivational speaker on the planet, and he just talked about this concept of letting the dream destroy you, and it basically has to do with um, understanding like just because you. Um, have one idea of what it takes to be successful. You have every good intention to, to succeed and to do what's going to take what it's going to take to get you from your, from where you are to the next level. Um, doesn't mean that um, doesn't mean that that the way you think it is is the way it is. And so you have to literally allow truth, you know, truth about looking looking in, in, introspectively, seeing who you are, where your flaws are, what you're not doing, you know, the right way to position yourself to, to be successful um, and let that truth guide you to where you're supposed to go. And so um, that was my thing. I, we, uh, he and I sort of shared this similar issue of trying to be nice and kind and do well for other people. And I found myself really overextending. Um, so for example, we, uh, my wife and I, my lovely queen that you see in the background, um, we started at one, we co-founded, excuse me, uh, Better Days Ahead, which is a nonprofit ministry organization 
dedicated to promoting Christian generosity, uh, which is all well and good. It definitely fits within the scope of our purpose and our values and so forth. But um, one of the, the hard life lessons that seemed like a small but, but really major issue was really overextending ourselves in trying to do ministry and business at the same time. So trying to extend ourselves by giving more money or more time to people, trying to help them in different ways where we really didn't have the bandwidth and we really weren't exercising good stewardship. And we had to learn really what entrepreneurship really looks like and um, really take care of first things first, things first, which is, you know, God, our, you know, our family, you know, and our business, and then be in a position where we're solid enough on the inside to really help other people. So that's, that's one of the challenges that we wrestle with and we're sort of, uh, grabbing that bull by the horns and, and moving forward. Okay. And so then what did you implement then to better manage the, the time and not overextend, ensure you're not overextending yourself? Uh, what, what did you implement to really hone in on that and to improve on that area? What we did specifically was take the back end of, the, of last year during that holiday slowdown when it was sort of naturally a time to just sort of you know, re reflect, you know, get replenished, regroup, and really take that time to, to do some self-assessment and look at areas in my life where, whether it was a character issue, whether it was poor business practice, whether it was, you know, whatever it had to do with, and just see, you know, what was really stopping us from getting closer to our goals. And so I use that period, I have a, uh, I have my planner with me, but um, started writing down notes in my, in my daily planner, um, just, to, just to say, okay, in 2019, here's where I need to be. And then listing out and identifying, you know, what's stopping me from getting there. And so the overextending was one of those things, um, not having the proper business structure in place to be able to do what I wanted to do uh, was an issue. And just being much more focused and deliberate in terms of my LinkedIn strategy. So since we're also talking LinkedIn, um, was one piece of it as well. Very good. And so what, what has been your, your strategy when it comes to the, the coaching and speaking for trying to secure new clients to try to market yourself more, um, you know, clearly in this case, so you've got some other things going on too, in terms of the book that your wife just, uh, you know, just published. Um, that's all part of, part of the branding, getting the message out. So what does that look like uh, for you? So um, right now I've been focusing much more on, and, and, you'll hear my tagline, helping people again, create a life of peace, purpose, prosperity, and passion. And um, what happened was I moved from, and you, you, if you follow me, you kind of see the progression where um, the content I was releasing was still on brand. It still was in terms of Christian life coaching and helping people discover their purpose and so on. Um, but I've started to niche down to borrow one of those really you know, popular buzzwords in, in the LinkedIn space to niche down and um, really target uh, my demographic in a more in a more strategic way. So, um, for example, I broke down each one of those sort of core four uh, uh, elements that I focus on the peace, purpose, prosperity and passion and devote a day on LinkedIn to addressing each one of those um, with with specific content and video contents uh, particularly uh, to address those issues and see how, how we can incorporate them into our lives and really grow in those areas. So that's, that's one aspect of it. Um, another aspect of it has been, and I definitely absolutely learned this from, you know, top preeminent LinkedIn coach, Errol Erdeman himself, uh, which was the power of one-on-one -on -one engagement. Um, that's been a major lesson for me. 
um, as basically how I even came into the to the to, to the consistent LinkedIn space was um, learning some lessons from you, Errol, and others about um, reaching out to people one on one and having targeted specific messages to them and inviting them into the fold to, to get to know me, to build a relationship and um, things. And it seemed counterintuitive to say, no, the way you build your business is like, let's say you have a, a service or in this case, a book. So I'll, I'll just use this as an example, because this is one of the things I've been building. So my wife, um, as you, you know, graciously alluded, uh, it recently published her very first book entitled, He Almost Stole My Life. So it's a powerful, dynamic, personal story, personal account of how she overcame a, a chaotic previous relationship and the lessons that God taught her along the way to overcome that, um, to really discover who she was, discover her personal worth and values. And um, it touches on a lot of diff uh, different issues, everything from alcoholism to, you know, identity crisis to, you know, you name it, it's in this book. And so, um, so one of the ways that I incorporated that whole one-on-one -on -one engagement piece relative to helping to push and market uh, my wife's book was um, when we had the event launch, I didn't settle for just, you know, blasting all over social media and different ads and what have you, um, you know, everywhere I could find to just re reach random people to invite them to the launch. No, I went one by one sending personalized invitations, messages um, directly to people. And we had a good registration, great, great turnout. Now, ultimately we ended up having to postpone the event, but the response, was exactly what I was looking for and it was a result of incorporating that sort of best practice of the one-on-one -on -one engagement asking individual people um, you know reaching out to them saying you know here, here's what we have going on you know and personalizing it um, seeing if they uh, wanted to be a part of it in some unique or special way those kinds of things and that's that's helped get that result that that um, we were looking for interesting so this might be a tough question so knowing that right how do you scale that I think that's the, that's sort of the, the the next part of the evolution is you know really seriously um, that's sort of where I am in the process is um, is figuring out like not the the desire to delegate is not an issue <laughs> for me you know the desire to to scale out and build out a team that can help us you know really scale and map um, literally I had it on my calendar to uh, check out the, um, the 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 peak the podcast piece that you just did. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm forgetting her name just that quick. Was it she said Mindy? Was it Farnoosh? Farnoosh? Mindy, yeah. Farnoosh, yep. And um, she, I know she was getting into some things around scaling. The upside-down triangle, right? What's that? The upside-down upside triangle, right? There you go. Yep. There you go. She said something really powerful about um, about the importance of scaling because when she when she wasn't able to, it was the very thing that was her passion, which was helping people and coaching. She said she felt, uh, I forget the word she said, but it was like she, she began to almost resent coaching. Like she almost began to resent her life, her life's work, her, her purpose. And um, so, yeah, so, so saying that all to say, you know, that's definitely the next, next piece. So looking to grow that scale, you know, learn how to scale as we go. Absolutely. Well, here, I think, I think that's one of the things maybe to focus on here to talk about a little bit is the idea of niching down and, and why it's super important to know who you seek to serve to the T, almost to the exclusion of others, because that's going to help you to scale for many reasons. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Um, that was that was something I implemented, and, I, and folks are going to have to forgive me. I'm referring to two different things at the same time. So my, you know, my primary lane and my niche, again, as I mentioned earlier, speaking in the coaching piece, primarily targeted to men, uh, primarily Generation X. So that's sort of the my main sort of piece. But of course, you know, better half and what she's got going on from an entrepreneurial standpoint um, is a priority for me. So helping her to market her book is, is another lane. Um, and, and in fact, also sort of dovetails with what I do just from the standpoint of um, there's an aspect, I guess, of our relationship that's a bit of a coaching and helping her to um, sort of really look at LinkedIn differently in terms of marketing and really looking at the entrepreneurial world um, through different lenses. Um, because this is a relatively new space for the both of us. And I'm just more like a kamikaze. I'm just diving in and, you know, linking up with guys like Errol and YB and, and trying to, you know, figure that, you know, crack this, uh, crack this nut and un unlock this Rub Rubik's Cube. Um, so, yeah, I, I hear exactly where you're coming from as far as the niching down. And she's got a very, very specific and targeted uh, audience as well. So we're on her end really trying to re reach women, um, primarily young adult that have a background in a lot of the issues that she's experienced as well. All right. I want to talk about that a little bit, kind of get into that, but tell me, so being that you're focusing on, uh, you know, helping men Gen X, how have you focused on really trying to connect specifically with them, with your messaging and with your activities online to draw them into relationship or draw them into funnel with your business? Um, so the, I think the change in my focus in my content, um, so I, I kind of went from generic goodwill messages, um, generic Christian themed messages, frankly, and started getting into, um, and have started again with this whole reset button piece, started getting into, um, speaking to the stuff that we're dealing with. So okay. leadership, um, uh, getting uh, getting very serious about like um, responsibilities of headship of home, um, leading a family, and having to wrestle with self and wrestle with the world's expectations and definitions of manhood, um, and how that may conflict with one's personal values. So those are all things that pertain to relate to um, that target audience. Like they're they're all in that sort of similar space of well, the world is telling me this is what manhood looks like and um, what I should be doing with my life. And, and really sort of speaking to that to say, you know, we're in a boat and then using that again as a, so this, I'm saying that to say part of this is relatively fresh or, or new space for, for me, but um, I definitely, definitely believe I've turned the corner and have made that, that adjustment. So, um, so yeah, just leave, leave it right there. Yeah. Well, the biggest thing I think that stood out to me from, from what you, what you shared is the traction you seem to have gotten when you reached out people reached out to people one-on-one -on -one relating to the book launch and that mm -hmm. it sounds like there was something different in the those one-on-one -on -one relationships that had an impact on some of the traction that you received uh and it seems to be like there's there's something more there to uh to dig in with but yeah so so tell us in this case so for the experience in this case you've been working and helping out your wife with kind of getting this this book you know to launch and everything and so what's that what's that process been like we seem to be having a lot of conversation here recently on uh book launching writing a book marketing a book so what what has that been like and what have been some of the challenges throughout the process and some of the learning learning lessons that you you've uh you've had or that you've seen 
Sure, sure. So you you certainly know about that, um, you know, going through that, through that process as well. And congratulations on your success. Uh, Thank you. Your recent well, for sure, for sure. So we'll check that out, you know. Um, <laughs> so, and so um, I would say for the process of the book, um, because because now this is this is going to speak to both. Um, what my wife has going on as well as like men who might be in the position as me, right? Which is um, we had to sort of come to terms with my wife sharing her story and how that was going to impact our relationship and, um, you know, taking it to the next level. It's one thing when people sort of know you in one, one setting, they know you as an employee, they know you as a churchgoer, they know you as, you know, whatever. But then when you really unpack your story and then and then couple that with well, I'm looking to I'm I'm sharing story as an entrepreneur as well, it it's it ha it unpacked for us like we had to really come to terms like okay, what what um how how is the sharing of certain details gonna impact you know our relationship and so forth. So really having serious deep conversations just, this is from a fundamental, this isn't even, even necessarily the entrepreneurial uh, piece of it, but you have to address that before you even get to the, the strategic sort of um, entrepreneurial side. So coming to terms on that and being on, being on one court and, you know, through prayer and, and, and really just deep conversation uh, with my wife, we just, you know, we worked through that and I just had a piece about it um, to speak to that whole peace, purpose, prosperity, passion piece of it. Um, I just had a deep piece that like, yeah, this is the way to go. This is what God has called her to do in our life. So um, that's one piece of it. Um, another is, uh, or a, a challenge with a lesson is we, um, we learned that self-publishing was the route for us. Um, so, so we originally um, published, we had a book published through Amazon and um, just learned that, you know, th there's, we had to figure out from an, from a do, dollars and cents standpoint, as well as just sort of a practical who's who's who, who we're going to be able to reach. Um, what was the best path for us to take? And found out that self publishing was the, was the route to go. Um, there's there can be a little bit of a murky water with uh, Christian authorship in in certain spaces. So to sort of grab that bull by the horns and say, you know, we want to be able to control our message and control you know, where we direct our, our audience and so forth, even if it meant moving at a slower pace. But again, that was sort of, that was sort of tied to that whole one-on-one -on -one engagement um, philosophy. In other words, um, recognizing that, that moving product and, and selling books was going to be tied to building relationships with people and asking them one at a time almost um, to support the book and sharing our story with them on a one-to-one -one basis. So rather than, you know, you have a publishing company that sort of take cares, takes care of all of that for you, um, that was, that's been one of the sort of the, the um, challenges or components of it that we had to, to, had to address and that, that I believe that we have. Um, if, if some more come to mind, I'll, uh, I'll chime in, but I think, I think those, are, those are two really good ones. Sure. And so now how, how have you been going about thinking through the, uh, the process then to try to market, to try to sell, to try to scale the, um, the distribution of the book now that it's now that it's out. So really, just taking it one sort of engagement at a time. Um, so we've we've done I don't say everything. But we've we've been we've had radio interviews. We've appeared on the radio. Um, we've had people, excuse me, who um, invited us to be a part of it. We had for for example, 
one one other entrepreneur who wants to partner with us because they're also launching their brick and mortar business and this brick and mortar business provides spa services primarily for women and and the target demographic is you know is very similar and they actually want us to be sort of um uh the i guess subject matter experts for doing workshops around the subjects uh, in the book at at their brick and mortar business so um, just sort of uh, using, you know, once one engagement to parlay into another, because that person found out through the radio interview. And, and so we're, we're just trying to um, link uh, one engagement to the next and uh, move forward with that momentum. Yeah, so what I hear you saying there is really taking a look at, again, the one-on-one -on -one connection, the interaction with somebody in a situation and trying to find the best opportunity there to really build and try to move forward. Absolutely. There's the, um, there's the, the groundwork of trying to get on different like newsletters for like larger conferences and um, those, those other, you know, opportunities to speak where we don't necessarily have a direct connection. Um, so it will be like sort of going through the front door right now where we are, like I said, is focusing on where we have friends that, that are really, so there's a saying that, you know, go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. And so we've sort of adopted that as, you know, if, if, peop if people aren't familiar with our name and our brand and so forth, we just want to leverage the friends that we have, you know, let that be the springboard to the next engagement, whether that's a radio interview or an appearance, you know, things like that. And even this, for example, even this engagement here, um, parlaying that into the, into the next one and um, allowing that to be the, the bedrock for our scale. So so tell me this, this is interesting. So you said, go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. So how, mm -hmm. do you, how, do, how do you find people that will celebrate you at scale? That's a good, uh, that's a good question. I think it's still some of the figuring out that we're doing right now. So I wish I, could, I, wish I had the, uh, the magic bullet on that one. So I want to offer this up then in this case. So I spent a lot of time digging into this is marketing from Seth Godin. And the whole concept of really finding the smallest viable market was critical. And so mm -hmm. if you're going where people are celebrated, so you're, you're trying to you're definitely trying to find a place where your brand, your message, who you're directly uh, connecting with, they, they appreciate you, they, they get you, they uh, want more of what you're offering is one of the reasons really to kind of narrow things down to the T of who it is you're trying to serve, why you're trying to serve, what their unique challenge is, how you're feeling that, but have it be that it's, it's so unique. Nobody else is really offering help within that space, the way that you are. So that mm -hmm. even without knowing them, the fact that you know what's important for them, you know how they're different. It's not a general message. It's a real specific message to solve a specific problem that these specific people have and you have a specific way of solving that in a way that others are just, they're not uh, focused in that same way. So that even though they don't necessarily know you, your message is really targeted specifically to help that one specific thing to those specific people. And if you can introduce your concept to them, you become, you're, you're already celebrated because you're already targeting them. But if it's too general in the approach and you're just uh, approaching everybody, you can't be that specific. It's more commoditized. So the only thing you're differentiating, mm -hmm. you'd be differentiating is on the price versus 
something that's really specific and somebody can really say, wow, this person is really speaking to me and that's how you become celebrated. So um, scaling that I think really comes from getting clear on who that niche target is. Like even here you mentioned, mm -hmm. you know, men generation X. So then the question is for generation X men, when it comes to the challenges they have, what's disrupting their, their uh, concept of peace, what's not giving them purpose, what's not making them feel the abundance within prosperity or to feel the passion within there, if you can provide a, you know, a perspective that disrupts their, their thinking or gives them a different idea of how to accomplish those, then you become celebrated in general, is what I would say. <laughs> Specific, to be general, yeah, yeah. Everything that you said is definitely in line with it, with the way that we're attempting to approach it. I think um, this interview is also occurring at a time where we've not, like, it's it's a month before or, or a couple of months before, you know, that, that sort of scaling has taken place. And only just because this is where we are in the process, um, I, have, I I can just give people like the best of benefit of my wisdom, what, what we've learned along the way to up until up until now. But absolutely agree with you a thousand percent. Around, around that whole strategy, niching down, solving for a specific audience, meeting a specific need in a specific way to make that differentiation. And that's definitely the approach that we're, we're looking to take. Nice, nice. Well, cool. Well, well to, to round, round it out, is there anything that you would do at this point differently with the whole process than what you've done? I would probably do more. Um, so there's a, there's a saying I learned, um, make friends before you need them. And had I had I had the foresight at the beginning of the process, and a lot even with the tr with the training really that that you offered me, um, to to recognize that certain I would we would need certain people um, to position ourselves differently now. That if I would have built those relationships about a year ago, they would be primed and ready, and we would be able to scale out. I would have made more one on one calls when I had the opportunity. Like I would I would definitely do more of that scheduling. You know, getting people on your Calendly, having an off, having offline conversations, um, getting to know their story, um, and I've I've done that, but not quite at the level where I probably could have. And that's something I would I definitely would do differently. That that whole relationship thing, the whole mutualism thing, you know, um, being recognizing that you have value to bring to the table, and then always being being willing to offer that. Now, that's something I live by, but just doing that um, much more before there were products, before there was a, a, you know, a service to be launched, et cetera, that would be one thing I would do differently or better. Yeah, that's interesting. I heard, I've heard it said that there's a lot of experts in different areas that are, are broke. And I thought that was just really interesting in terms of the, uh, in, in terms of that, it seems like there's a lot to be said about those connections and building them out. Uh, and that, that networking piece that seemed to, to give experts the ability to communicate their message and, and bring other people in. Yeah, you said a lot of experts are broke, is what you said? Yes, isn't that, I heard, that, that's something I heard recently, is that there are a lot of broke experts. I want to say this was in, yeah. so the creator of, the creator of uh, ClickFunnels, uh, Russell Bronson, I've been going through his book, and this is one of the things that he pointed out is that, hey, there are a lot of experts. His whole book is about uh, becoming a, a thought leader, to having selling information as an expert within your specific field. And he's like, hey, think about all the people that are experts and how many of them are not monetizing their message. And why is that? 
right? Mm -hmm. So having that structure, that system to be able to scale, to be able to pull people in, um, it's one, it's, it's not just about the, the content, like how many people do you have, you know, a book that's not, that's not going there. There's something about having content, having something uh, that's significant, but then having channels to be able to, to market, right. to be able to distribute. It's really more so if I'm saying, hey, I'm an expert on LinkedIn, it's completely different than John telling other people, hey, Errol is, is an expert on LinkedIn. You should go talk to him. And if you've got, you know, I can only sit on my soapbox and say, LinkedIn, LinkedIn, LinkedIn. But if other people are saying, you got to go check out Errol to talk about LinkedIn, then, then something else happens. And if you get one influencer or somebody with a lot of, a lot of people that they're, you know, that, that respect them to say, check out this new book or check this out, then it's just completely different. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> definitely don't want to be in that camp, um, of being, you know, top heavy. My pastor used to call it, you know, being top heavy, you have so much knowledge and information up here that, um, you're not, you're not balanced out. Um, that should be reflected in, in, you know, your results really. Um, so I, I hear you. And I think that that stems back to what you were talking about in terms of the scaling and um, niching down, helping people solve problems, bringing value to the table and being super consistent. But yeah, man. So I think, uh, you know, I, you know, thanks for, thanks for your time. Thanks for, you know, working on this and then um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks for everything. I uh, look forward to the next go around. Okay. Shalom, my friend. All right, John. Take care. All right. Now. You got it. Thank you for listening to another episode of Errol Helps Entrepreneurs Increase Visibility, Credibility, and Profitability. If you enjoyed the conversation today and you find yourself wanting more, there is. These conversations are recorded live in our closed Facebook community for entrepreneurs called LinkedIn Mastery. Head on over to Facebook for LinkedIn Mastery to find the extended clip of this recording along with many other conversations and resources to help you in your entrepreneurial journey. Just be sure to replace the Y at the end of mastery with three E's and join us at LinkedIn Mastery. Enjoy this sneak peek of the upcoming episode. And if you like what you've heard, be sure to subscribe so you get first notification of all upcoming episodes. And if you really like us and you want to help more people hear us, be sure to write a review, a five-star review, and let everybody know how Errol helps entrepreneurs. So when you enter the lives of a, of a customer or a client that you serve, um, you're also not a character in that story. And so you have these two narratives coming together. And if you can't articulate in a crisp and compelling way why those stories belong together, they're going to hire somebody else. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Mastery where entrepreneurs go to network and learn how to attract their ideal clients via LinkedIn and broker powerful connections worldwide. Be sure to visit us at LinkedIn Mastery on Facebook. Be sure to replace the Y with three E's and join us at LinkedIn Mastery.